0: This is a 980 CKNW podcast. This is the Sunday Night Health Show. I am Maureen McGrath. Many people have experienced pain because they have been cheated on. Well, Dean Severson of CheatingSupport.com, a place where cheaters and those who have been cheated on can find infidelity help, joins me on the line. Good evening, Dean.
1: Oh, good evening, Maureen. How are you? Thank you for having me.
0: Oh, my pleasure. Good. good, Hope all's well in your world. (laughs)
1: Yes, it's doing well. It's doing well. Yeah, No Cheating Support is um, online and um, and very active in, 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 in recent days. I'm not sure why, but it mm. ebbs and flows, and it's been very active lately.
0: Summer heat, perhaps. Things are heating up.
1: Maybe. Uh, yeah. I think so. I think so. I definitely do see a time between seasons when um, people come on and um, – there. You know, cheating support.com is an infidelity support group. So it's for everybody from married, divorced, separated, gay, and straight. Those that were cheated on and those that did the cheating feel bad and are looking for help.
0: It's awesome.
1: So, uh, we get it all.
0: It's awesome that, that this is, is available for people, cheating support.com. Nobody wants to feel alone on their island. Why did you start cheating support.com? This isn't your field, may I add. <laughs> well, now it is. <laughs> no,
1: I. I, well, it is now. I'm becoming an expert just through the understanding of um, every, you know what everyone is going through. Uh, no, I am a web designer um, by trade, and you know I'm a tech person. I created uh, the social networking site because a good friend of mine thought it was a great idea if there was something like that out there. A light bulb went off. That's a brilliant idea, and created com And sure enough, sure enough, as sad as to say. It is needed. It is needed.
0: Absolutely. Infidelity is as old as marriage and very easy to cheat today, but it's equally easy to get caught. So I imagine uh, business is booming over there on CheatingSupport.com. Now, your friend actually had experience um, being cheated on. Is that correct?
1: Yes, it was during a conversation. His wife had cheated on him, and he was heartbroken like everyone else, angry, going through all these emotions. He couldn't talk to his family. uh, Very few friends, without a lot of judgment. And you know, the internet is just made perfectly for something like this, where you can come in anonymously, um, share your story, uh, get advice, good and bad, um, but at least it's from peers of people who are going through exactly what you're going through. Um, Those that you know were cheated on, and those that did the cheating, also. So you get a a, a different perspective on cheating cheatingsupport.com, uh, a better perspective, and I I try to encourage a non-judgmental um, uh, uh, area for you know people to discuss everything that goes into it. Of course, there's judgment flying around. That's natural, and I don't at all um, interfere or edit the conversations or uh, um, you know I, I, I let I let the conversations be had and. Um, and it is fascinating, you know, we get everything. I mean, I've been so surprised by what's come through the website. Um, I think what surprises me most is just the amount of pain and, and anger. Also, the, um, the, uh, the amount of, of women to men ratio is so even on everything. We all experience these emotions. We all have these um, desires. And uh, when people's needs needs aren't, aren't met, I, they go and cheat. And it's not always that. Some people just are, are scoundrels and they go and cheat, it appears. But, uh, you know, where do I start with the surprises? Um, well, um,
0: well, one thing you mentioned earlier right out of the gates that your friend had uh, his mm-hmm. wife cheated on him. And many, many people will say to me, well, women don't cheat. I'm like, well, who do you think the men are cheating with? <laughs> So that's a myth dispelled.
1: Come to to cheating com (laughs) and just, and and read the stories. There's, they're fascinating. They're heartbreaking. They're, um, um, and if you're going through this sort of thing, it's comforting to know that there's other people out there who are, um, dealing with your issue, whether you cheated or you were cheated on. Um,
0: And the other thing,
1: there's comfort in that.
0: Absolutely, the other myth is that um, men would find comfort. A lot of people wouldn't would think that men may not be hurt by the fact that the woman in their life cheated on them. But indeed, men do have feelings too, as much as they try to avoid them. Um, And so, you mentioned that a little bit that um, that men and women alike, um, you know, feel upset and grieve and sad and um, have different emotions. Would you say you see that on your website?
1: I would say I do. Absolutely. Some of the, um, the members that come in the most frequent are men and they, they continually need to, um, get the, um, uh, camaraderie from, from the other members. And they also, you know, have a lot to, to say. They have a lot to say. And I think it's because maybe you know, who knows, you know, but as men, they don't really have, a lot of places to go vent. People might, you know, um, make fun of them because their wife cheated on them for whatever reasons. That's an embarrassing thing. Um, I think, you know, for both sides, that's embarrassing, but maybe a little bit more so for men. I'm not sure. What do you think?
0: Yeah, well, it may hit at that masculinity thing, you know, um, you're the man, and what was going on? Were you not having enough sex, perhaps, with your wife? Or, um, you know, did you not meet her needs? I mean, there's lots of judgment out there. But what I find, in my clinical practice anyway, is a lot of women may- will have an affair just to uh, check things out. They want to make sure that they're still desirable, or they may have only ever had sex with one man, or they want to find out if they're sexually normal. So I think the reasons men and women cheat, and... and- I typically find, I don't know if you see this on the site, but people don't want to leave their marriage. They want to just have a bit of a fling on the side, add a little bit more excitement, or they've been in a sexless marriage, and then somebody just said, how are you? And next thing you know, they were hopping in the sack. Um, So the the reasons for cheating, and and by the way, nobody's a cheater until they are a cheater. So there aren't really cheaters out there. I mean, as you say, there's a few scoundrels, but, but for the most part, people are surprised that they've crossed over to the dark side.
1: Yes. Yes. That's what I do, um, read a lot. And, and I do get that, that, that they're, they're so upset at themselves for, you know, the pain they caused or, but at the same time, they want to be understood for why they did it. They feel their reasons are valid. And, um, and that's why on the side, I, I I try to open it up to everybody to have this conversation. You know, it, 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 um, it's, It's difficult. It's difficult. Um,
0: It is. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure it's an extremely difficult situation. Um, uh, And you see that pain written, and there's the power of the written word. You see that pain all over your site. I'd love to continue this conversation, but we're up against the clock here. Um, com. Ah. (laughs) You also have a place for therapists as well listed on there.
1: Yes, yes. I have you listed on there because you're... An exceptional therapist use some of your articles um you've, uh, you've written on the site as well and so i encourage everybody to come and um and learn more
0: well thank you so much dean severson cheating support.com thanks so much dean for coming on the program
1: thank you maureen
0: i'm maureen mcgrath you're listening to the sunday night health show this is the sunday night health show i am maureen mcgrath Very often, we don't view alcohol as the drug that it is. In fact, we look at the opioid crisis, which certainly is a crisis, but in Canada in 2018, there were 6,600 hospitalizations due to opioids. There were 77,000 hospital admissions during that same period of time due to alcohol. Joining me on the line is Emma Sola. She is a writer and a teacher from Brighton in the UK. She is also a breast cancer survivor. She also feels that sober is the new sexy. Good evening, Emma. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me, Maureen. So I was very interested to hear about your story, um, that you decided that a sober life was a better life and that that was intentional. What were some of the issues that you were having with alcohol in your life?
2: Well, I've been uh, a drinker since a young age, and that's very common amongst my age group. I'm 45, um, and a lot of my peers grew up drinking from about the age of 14, and I think we didn't really know a life that was any different and sort of grew up coping with our issues through the medium of alcohol. Um, And I was sort of growing a bit tired of this, Um, A few years ago, and I decided that I would um, try taking some months off um, and, you know, trying and tried to live a slightly different life. But it was only last July when I was diagnosed with breast cancer that I actually had the push to make me really change my relationship with alcohol.
0: And prior to that, were you self-medicating with alcohol, do you feel?
2: I don't know if I would say self-medicating because actually once I removed alcohol from my life, I realised actually life was pretty good. You know, I didn't need it. Um, I think what I was doing was I was relying on it to deal with the anxieties of normal life, um, of a stressful job. I'm a teacher, so I found that, you know, on Friday's I would need some way of dealing with the adrenaline that had built up over a week. Um, And this is very common amongst teachers um, and people in all sorts of professions, actually, where they have quite high levels of stress. And I think people aren't encouraged or certainly weren't encouraged to look for other ways of dealing with, you know, what is quite normal stresses in their lives. Um, and I also think that once I stopped drinking, I I found out that perhaps I had been using it to cope with social interactions. Um, because although I'm quite an outgoing person, it would seem, I actually think I was quite shy. Um, and as a teenager growing up, I think I used alcohol as a way to deal with that shyness and actually have a um, you know, have a fun night out without having to draw on a lot of my you know, anxious energy instead of just using a quick fix, which
0: is alcohol. I I think a lot of people um, actually feel that way, that they feel different from the crowd or that they feel that they um, are anxious or have a little bit of social anxiety. The other thing I notice is that uh, many people with anxiety or depression will drink alcohol, thinking that it will help them, and it may help them in the short term, but it doesn't help them over the long term. Did you find that as well?
2: I I absolutely agree with that. And I think it's something that we sort of lied to about, Um, and especially as women, um, you know, it affects men too. It's a massive issue for men in terms of all sorts of problems that it causes them, which are, you know, so many and varied. But with women in particular, I think we're encouraged to use it as a coping mechanism for our... Lives you know whether or not we've got children or we can't have children, um, you know women are sort of told you know this is your reward for whatever you've done in your day um, it will help you to get through this difficult patch, but of course, what it's doing is making that difficult patch worse because you know if you're a mother of a young child and then you turn to gin, which is a massive thing in the u k to use gin sort of amusingly as a way to cope with having small children then tomorrow is going to be more difficult um you might have got through today and give yourself a reward at the end of the day with some gin or glass of wine or three but then you wake up in the morning and actually it's a depressant it makes your body feel very very um sluggish you know you you get quite anxious and paranoid and of course it is a real risk factor for in particular breast cancer as well as lots of other health things but breast cancer is um, associated quite a
0: lot with alcohol. Yes indeed it is as is fertility issues and heart disease and it can affect your appearance, it can make you look older. You mentioned men versus women, and and women are generally smaller than men, and that means the same amount of alcohol is going into a smaller body. And even if a woman is the same weight as a man, she will have a higher blood alcohol level if she drinks the same amount as that man. Alcohol is held in the body in body water, not in body fat, and women generally have a higher proportion of body fat than men. So have less body water. That means the alcohol is even more concentrated. A lot of companies are marketing to women and uh, drinking amongst women is on the rise in every single category. And there, of course, are more emergency room uh, visits as well. So this is a real societal problem. How do you feel now? So did it take a breast cancer diagnosis for you to realize hey, maybe I should stop this drinking? And and how are you today?
2: Well, I had been considering a longer term um, break from alcohol. I always do. um, I'm sure it's the same in Canada. We have dry January here. And I had been sort of extending that and doing months off at different points in the year. And my husband had been doing longer stints of um, going alcohol free because both of us were doing quite a lot of running and he was training for various different um, events and I was sometimes um, going more alcohol-free with him. Um, But, you know, you do need a push. If you've spent your whole life routinely, you know, using alcohol as a habitual crutch, it's really hard to stop that. Um, You know, my family, we were all drinkers, all the time growing up. That's how everybody coped with everything that was going on in their lives. Um, And the breast cancer diagnosis, nobody told me, you have to give up drinking. They didn't say, your breast cancer is caused by drinking. Um, They wouldn't say that because they can't actually tell.
0: Absolutely. Um,
2: But... There, there are, you know, there, there, there are women who've never drunk and they'll have the same breast cancer as me. Of course. But I'm pretty sure that my drinking really didn't help. What I knew it wouldn't help with was the sheer terror of being newly diagnosed. So I knew that immediately, um, that, you know, if I was going to add alcohol and the, the effects of alcohol to the mix, with all the, the feelings of fear and horror that I had when I was first diagnosed, um, that that would be a really stupid thing to do. I knew it would interfere with my sleep. And sleep has become so precious, a commodity in my life. It's actually kind of completely taken over as, as the goal I have of every day, you know, to try and get that really good sleep. Um, And I knew that if I didn't have sleep, I wouldn't cope at all. And I just didn't want my mental health to deteriorate. And I also knew that I was going to have immediately, you know, within two weeks, I had um, a mastectomy. Within two weeks of diagnosis, I was under the knife, had a mastectomy. Um, After two weeks of that uh, recovery, I then had chemotherapy for sort of um, four months Uh, and then... After that, I had radiotherapy, and I knew that for all of this, my body needed to be as strong as it possibly could be, and alcohol would just um, limit its potential to be the strongest it could be, so I stopped alcohol immediately, and I started running every single day, and I ran in, this, in those two weeks between diagnosis or sort of two and a bit weeks between diagnosis and the surgery, I actually ended up running 100 miles because I ran every day. Wow. Um, yeah, and, and honestly, I don't think, you know, I could have coped without that. Right. Um, I was just really focused on my health. Um, and, and, yeah, and so then, you know, the doctors don't tell you to give up. As I said, they don't say stop drinking, um, people do drink all
0: the way through their chemo. Well, I think um, the doctors are drinking too, decided... quite frankly. <laughs> you mentioned a yeah. good point. A lot of people are drinking <laughs> just to deal with life's yeah. little inconveniences. But yeah, Emma Sola, I really appreciate you sharing your Please. story with me tonight. Is there a place people can yeah. go to get more information or if they want to contact you about either of this?
2: So I have... I've um, written an article which is at Silver magazine um, which is uh, thinksilver um, um and that's all about my sobriety and and you know um, my journey into sobriety and I also blog um, at Medium Emma Sola.
0: Oh, Emma Sola, thank you so much. I am glad you ran your way to health, to good health, and I wish you good health for a long time to come. (laughs) Thank you so much. You're very welcome. If you want to stay in control of your drinking, I have a couple of tips for you. Have several drink-free days per week, especially if you're having every day that is a drink day. Find other ways to relax. As Emma mentioned, she went running. Exercise is a great way. Have a hot bath. And also, know what you're drinking. Check out the... Alcohol by volume, or the ABV content, that's the percentage of the drink that is pure alcohol. Six glasses of wine at 13% ABV strength contains 15 units, and that puts you over the weekly low-risk guidelines. You can get more information about this at drinkaware.co.uk. That's drinkaware.co.uk. Thank you so much. I'm Maureen McGrath. This is the Sunday Night Health Show. This is the Sunday Night Health Show. I am Maureen McGrath hosting this program for you. Thank you so much for being here with me this evening. Uh, a couple of years ago, I did a TEDx talk called The No Sex Marriage, Masturbation, Cheating, Loneliness, and Shame. Head on over to YouTube if you want to view it. But one of the messages in there was that, and in fact, the the tenet of the talk was largely in defense of men, and it was around low sexual desire in women and and educating women that they can initiate or that their low sexual desire, if left untreated, may lead to issues in the relationship. So you can imagine I was intrigued when... Jonathan Elmale of the Spinner, he is the senior vice president of the Spinner, reached out to me to tell me about something that had been posted in the Spinner. The Spinner is an online service that enables you to influence a specific inju- individual. With a specific message, the target gets repeatedly exposed to a set of articles delivering the chosen message on his social media feeds and the news websites he or she visits after receiving and clicking the link the initiator sent him or her, who is the target. Jonathan, thank you for joining me all the way from Israel.
3: My pleasure, my pleasure. It's a pleasure to, uh, to be on the show.
0: Oh, well, thanks for reaching out and, and letting me know about this. Did you happen to see my TEDx talk over there in Israel?
3: <laughs> did I happen to see who?
0: My TEDx talk on this very subject that we're going to discuss.
3: Oh, unfortunately, no I did. I just stepped out of the office, but I will afterwards. Um, no problem. For, for, for you to understand, the, the most popular campaign that we have is the Proposed Marriage Campaign, So there can be, you know, like a girl that's been going out with her boyfriend for two years and he's not, he's not like proposing naturally and she can't really give him an ultimatum and put him against the wall for him to propose, right? So we will send her uh, a link that she will disguise that link uh, into, let's say, a sports article that she knows like for his favorite sports team or what have you. And the second he clicks on the link... He'll read that article, and he'll laugh, and he'll go back to work. But the second he clicked on the link, he'll drop a cookie on his phone, and for the next three months, he'll be exposed to um, native articles on his own favorite, favorite websites, whatever websites he goes on, like CNN or Facebook or what have you, and you will see those articles, like five signs you're ready to get married and all that. And at, you know, at the end of reading the article, he'll develop the emotion, the natural emotion of wanting to get married.
0: Wow. Uh, how effective are these campaigns?
3: It, it, usually we, we've tested it out, and we know that it works on 4 out of 10 people. It's quite a big percentage, 40% of people. So we've had a lot of success with it. I even, even had you know women send me videos thanking us, and it's worked. Even after six weeks, they, they you know their boyfriend proposed with an engagement ring, and they absolutely can't believe it. So it really does work.
0: So um, this may and, be the but, only treatment for the commitment-phobe.
3: <laughs> exactly. Um, so there's there's also the initiate sex campaign, which is ordered by men 100 percent of the time. Where you know his wife, for whatever reason, is not initiating sex or whatever. You know he'll he'll send her the link disguised in something that she that she loves, of course. And she'll click on it. And for the next few months, she'll be exposed to those types of articles. Uh, like you know, if you don't have your if you don't have sex with your husband, somebody else will. Type of thing. Um, and, you know, people also, people also ask for specific sex acts, like also like influencing their spouse to, to be, um, polyamory, which is, you know, to have many lovers basically. Right. Um, and, or, or you are not a lesbian and many more different things like that.
0: That is amazing.
3: We expose the wives. we expose the wives to, to messages like, um, uh, you know, uh, you look, you glow after sex, or seven ways to initiate sex with your husband, etc. And how it works is the spinner sends you an innocent-looking link, like I said, and that link is sent to the target via text message. And when the target uh, presses the link, a cookie connected to the link attaches itself to the target's phone. So from that point on, the target will be strategically bombarded with articles uh, and media tailored to him or her.
0: That is, it's amazing. Is this your brainchild?
3: It is Elliot Scheffler and I, oh. together who, have, uh, who are doing this now. And, uh, the, the story of the Israeli startup was, was covered by Forbes, BBC, the, uh, the, the Daily Beast, um, and Rolling Stone magazine, uh, New York Post, and many others. Wow. Uh, it's been a story about technology, social media, and sex.
0: It's incredible. Uh, and, you know, the we say technology has entered our bedrooms. Little did we know just how much, and in mysterious ways. Uh, we thought it was just limited to the iPad and the television set and the iPhone, but no, no. It can influ- influence you to have sex. And so are the men satisfied with the campaigns? Do you get a sense of how many uh, people may go from a sexless marriage, which is ten times sex less than 10 times a year, to... Um, a fully engaged sex life where there's much more frequent or more fun or more playful. We've
3: we've had amazing success stories where where people have completely rekindled their marriage in a sexual way. Um, and it's really, it it actually brought their marriage back to to where it was when they first got married. Um, and, and, and just so that you know what the service includes, it's, it's the basic package offers like a set of 10 different articles Presented to the target 180 times over a three-month period. Uh, I don't know if you've ever heard, like it takes 21 days to develop a habit and three months to change your lifestyle. Yes. So it's it's, it's been it's been tailored tailored fitted by like psychologists and psychiatrists, and we have um, a Google algorithm. Everything is real news. It's a Google algorithm that fetches the, the relevant articles that the person needs to read to feel that way. So wow. uh, the articles, along along with their eye-catching headlines, are chosen by, like like I said, a group of uh, psychologists. And- in order to influence a target on a subconscious level.
0: Yes, and you're basically raising awareness because I think a lot of people live in a sexless marriage. Nobody talks about it. They don't think that there are any risks, um, and there are a number of risks, including infidelity, chronic masturbation, loneliness, elevated blood pressure, death, early death, which you might want for your spouse. <laughs> That's another article. How much does it cost for somebody to um, purchase this campaign for their spouse?
3: Much less than a sex therapist or, or psychologist. <laughs> You're, killing me, You're killing me, Jonathan. You're killing me. Yes. $29. dollars 29,
0: 29 95 29 bucks. And- <laughs> <laughs> and if you order now, you get two campaigns for the price of one.
3: Two um, <laughs> <laughs> for the price of one, yes.
0: Yeah, that is fantastic. Uh, very interesting. And, and the statistics are even more interesting how effective it is. You know, after I did that TEDx talk called No Sex, Marriage, Masturbation, Cheating, Loneliness, and Shame, which has had 19 million views, and that just under- it was a horrible talk. It was probably one of my worst talks ever. Um, but it underscored that we don't talk about this, that uh, the fact that it had the 19 million views, um, that people want to learn about this, they want to know about this, they're afraid to talk about it. And also, now I do global online consults for people in sexless marriages. So it's a real problem, and I think it's bigger than the 20%, which is what Time Magazine reported a few years back on a survey that they had
3: done. We have all all kinds, we get all kinds of emails from all over the world for tailor-fitted campaigns. Such as, I mean, settle out of court. Divorce, settle out of court. Yeah. So there's this husband who basically is worth a lot of like millions of dollars and wants to and, and wants to go to court absolutely because he has the best lawyers in the world, and the wife knows that she's going to lose, and you know she wants to settle out of court. So we'll send her a settle out of court link, which she sends to her husband, and he'll read things about how it how it can hurt the children and how it's bad for the future and how the relationship will be, you know, become like, you know, like a negative relationship for the kids and for them. And, um, and they, they settle out of court. It's unbelievable.
0: Yeah. It's, um, fa- it's fascinating. I had
3: even a man, who, a, 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 a husband who went on a keto diet and he wanted his wife to join him on the keto diet and she didn't want to. So we tailor fitted a campaign for him, for her, to want to go on a keto diet. And it took her a week and a half to switch to a keto diet.
0: That's amazing. And do you follow up with these people or do they follow up with you?
3: They send us videos. They send us like thank you videos. <laughs> um, uh, it's unbelievable. They, they can't believe it. Like women giggling and laughing and they cannot believe that it actually worked. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. Uh, it, uh, like I said, it doesn't work for everybody, but it works. For, I mean, a, a 40% conversion rate uh, is a huge, huge thing. Like in a regular sales world, if you will, um, you know, out of 100 people, you're lucky to sell to seven of them. Um, you know, so 7% conversion is quite high. This is 40% conversion. It's unheard of.
0: That's amazing. I think I said to you before we started in- talking tonight um, that I can talk a dog off a meat wagon. <laughs> But I think you do, you do better than I do. Next time I have a problem with somebody, instead of wasting my breath, I'm going to send them a cookie.
3: <laughs> Absolutely. There's a quit smoking campaign. There's a quit driving your motorcycle campaign. For, you know, wow. like the, the wife doesn't want that. She's scared of him driving a motorcycle. So she'll send him the link and, and it'll dis- discourage him from driving a motorcycle. But we can tailor fit almost anything.
0: It's amazing. Well, I would love to talk to you more. We're up against the clock here, Jonathan Elmaleh no of the. A sp-
3: to speak to you and yeah, I hope so- your guests enjoyed every minute.
0: I'm sure they did, and I'm sure you're going to have a few people reach out for 29 bucks. And they're, they've been trying to talk dogs off meat wagons. Um, uh, Senior Vice President of the Spinner, influence someone you know. The spinner.net. Thank you so much for all that information, Jonathan.
3: We change the perception of a pre chosen individual is exactly what we do.
0: Love it. I can use it. Okay. (laughs) Take care. We'll have you back. I want to hear about more of those campaigns. I'm Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the Sun Mm -hmm. Wonderful. You're listening to the Sunday Night Health Show.